Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome to Baseball Dad's Show. Today we have a special guest. We're going to continue our conversation about the options for players um, when they're leaving high school, entering college or post-grad or, or going to um, different schools at different levels. And we have uh, probably a guy that's one of the most respected baseball coaches in the game today, Jeremy Sheetinger, who is uh, known as Coach Sheets throughout the game. And he's just one of those guys that I, I think everybody feels like I feel like I've known you forever, even though I think we've only met once in person. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, he's, I've just seen him so many places and listened to him. And uh, um, so I want to welcome you, Coach, to the show. Um, and uh, at the start here, please, let, let's give out your info just so um, we'll do it at the end as well. But um, sure. give us the info where people can follow you on Twitter or uh, your website or anything else you'd like to get out. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I appreciate the opportunity to connect. I'm definitely looking forward to the conversation. Um, I, I'm on all the social media channels, at Coach Sheets 3, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, even TikTok, even though i gotta, I got to up my TikTok game. Uh, but uh, reach out to me anytime. I think um, back to kind of the way you, you presented it, I, I just I try to position myself as someone that will willing to help anyone and, and certainly – DM uh, questions or anything like that that I can try to point you in the right direction, and certainly it's all about the, the growth of our game, and uh, I'm here to help, man. I look forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, and I can certainly attest to that. The reason why we're, we're doing this right now is I, I had reached out to you um, to connect with a, a friend of mine who you didn't know from, you know, uh, from a hole in the wall, but and you were just, you know, responded to me in about you know a few minutes saying that you you'd do anything sure. to help him, and 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 so I, I sincerely appreciate that. So so coach, yeah, let's start what, let's start with something that I think is uh, is you're right in the middle of right you 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 you're coaching at an NAIA school, and I think NAIA yeah. is one of the kind of most misunderstood um, parts or levels of baseball. Um, yeah. Fill us in. What, what, if a parent's listening to this, which is we're mostly parents you know, that are listening to this podcast, and they're looking at options for their kids, um, it's clear, like, okay, you know, the, the name brand schools are the name brand schools, and Division One. that's easy to kind of understand. Tell us what we need to know about NAIA baseball and, and your school in Georgia Gwinnett. Sure. Well, I agree completely. I think it's a, it's a level that if you haven't played on that level or played against an NAIA team, you, you may not – be familiar with how it goes. And, and, of course, like every level, Paul, there's varying degrees, right? You have the upper-level Division One schools that you see in Omaha, and then you've got all the way down through the mid-majors, all the way down to the low mid-majors, and it all encompasses Division One. We're very similar in that regard in that there's the top end that are sort of the blue bloods, the, the top 15, top 20 in, in NAI, and it kind of ranges its way all the way down through the regional teams and kind of the mid-tiers all the way down to the lower tiers. But I think what it's, where it separates, it is a different association. And so everyone knows the, the blue dot, the NCAA dot, um, and not everyone is as familiar with, with our level. I think what distinguishes NAI right from the top is it is a lot of, for the majority, a lot of Christian-based, uh, religious-based schools. Um, that, that is something that is very unique. Um, you're also looking at a lot of schools that don't necessarily, you know, need to fund, you know, again, NCAA 20, 30 different sports. They're pretty selective in what sports they do sponsor and push forward. Um, 
but again, with that being said, varying degrees, there's, you know, like us, Georgia Gwinnett, we're a state school. There's several others that are. There's some that offer, you know, we offer six sports. There's some that offer 18 and 19 and 20. So there's varying degrees within. I think the the biggest difference is going to be, if I could speak in a, a generality here, is that on the NAI level, again, on the upper part of that, you're going to get high-end Division One junior college talent. You're going to get draftable, signable type talent that play on the, the upper level NAI level. So, like, in terms of, you know, guys that make up the majority of those rosters, you're going to get a lot of guys that, for whatever reason, sometimes aren't in a uh, NCAA option for us. On our level, we're a little less restrictive on the academic requirements the NCAA schools have. So if a guy, and for instance, we've signed a couple this summer, they just fall a class short. So they're not NCAA eligible. They were committed to a Division One. Now they can't go, but now they can come to uh, our school and they're immediately eligible because we don't have the same restrictions. We don't have the, the same calendars, uh, you know, time clocks. We're not keeping track of hours. Rules are a little bit different. Um, so there, there are, again, differences there. But in terms of talent, when you're looking at the top end, man, I, I think the higher end of, of NAI is going to look like the higher end of Division Two of mid-major Division One baseball. It's all going to be relative to uh, to the same same type of talent. Yeah, and and I've seen you know you've you've posted on Twitter. I'm new to social media, so I'm just getting the hand the hang of all this. But you you know you've you've posted a lot of. Um, a lot of your players that you that you know that have signed professional contracts, and I think sure. that's one of the misconceptions too is that like oh if you don't if you don't go to like a you know a power five division one school that you're not going to get seen and, and that's just not true right? Well, no, and again, it depends on the program that you're going to play in. We've been very fortunate right. here. Uh, we just finished our tenth year, and in ten years we've had thirty-seven players sign professionally, and wow. in the last two. In the last two years, we've had 16 signed professionally. So, like, we're, we're trying to do something a little bit unique here. Um, and, again, when I say signed professionally, that's not always, hey, they got drafted. We had a, a 13th rounder a couple of years ago. We had a free agent sign uh, two years ago that was in double-A with the Astros. It, it, it's varying degrees, but a lot of our guys sometimes have to take a different path. And it's no different than the way that they got to us. They may have signed at a junior college, then signed at a Division One, and then decided that wasn't the right fit, and they ended up on our doorstep. Sometimes they have to go the independent ball route, which, again, is just because of the draft coming back to 20 rounds, because of, you know, some changes on the minor league level. It's sort of forced our hand a little bit to, well, they still are of, of talent to play, but this may be the route they have to go. We had a, um, again, great story, kid signs in the independent ball, pitches for a fall, goes back this spring, and the White Sox purchased his contract, and now he's uh, in A ball with the Chicago White Sox. And so it's not the route that you would have chosen, but, man, it's the route that gets you where you're trying to go, and it gets you on that level. Because I do think on the NAI level especially, we're trying to – not all talent is even. Like when you go to the World Series, every starting pitcher is going to be 90 to 95. And you're going to have – you know, again, a scout can sit there and – see you take your four or five at-bats against really good arms. But over the course of a season, you're not always going to see that 
on the weekend. I think it's getting into independent ball and letting those scouts, those those guys that are trying to figure out, are you worthy of getting pulled over? Let them see you face really good pitching, you know, night in and night out, and that's how those opportunities present themselves. So you got to get there and and put up your numbers. And again, we've been very fortunate with the connections we have to separate ourselves a little bit on this level. That if you are looking for a destination school that can not only compete for a national championship, but also help you pursue your goal of playing professional baseball, GDC is where you need to be. You know, I'll put, I would put 16 kids signed professionally against any team in the country. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, we, we, and again, I'm not too shy to bring that up. I mean, it's, it's something we're very proud of. And that's, it's been the target of our coaching staff. We've, we've got two professional yeah. uh, scouts on our coaching staff guys with extensive experience there and that's been our goal and that's kind of our recruiting niche in a lot of ways you know we're going to have a lot of guys for one year that that is what it is but i want to have the opportunity to run a program and have a platform that can help people pursue their goals and that's what we're all doing right we're all trying to better ourselves better the program put ourselves in a better position i I want players to, to chase that dream and we have the opportunity with the eyes on our program we can do that. And so, yeah, we're very, very happy that, that we've been able to do that the last two seasons. Yeah, I, I would bet you could you could probably pull up some teams that were in the College World Series and they didn't, they haven't signed. They, haven't, they don't have six kids who signed over the last <laughs> two years. I, I'd be yeah. curious. Just, I might have one of our guys look at that today. You, but, you know, <laughs> what's that? You said it. I didn't have to say yeah. it. You said uh, it. No, I'll say it. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah. Um, you know, I just want to pause. I want to pause here for a second. Sometimes I make a joke where I say, you know, Coach, I don't care what they say about you. You're a nice guy. You know, I, 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 I was like make, sometimes make a little joke like that. But one of the things sure. I say to you, Coach, one of the things I say to you, Coach, is that everything everyone said about you is true. You know, and and uh, I got you know I, I worked for Yogi Berra for 15 years, and when people ask me about him, I always say he's exactly who you think he was. And and that's uh, just a compliment to you that that you know you 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 and, and the and for the parents listening we always preach to our parents um, that coach that you're going to send your kid to for four years that's going to be his father for sure. four years you know by problem yeah. and 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 does that coach have a vision for your son beyond the next four years six months whatever. And I think if you're listening to this, you can hear that, that uh, this is not just, hey, get kids in so we can win games and, you know, what, you know, what have you. This is about, hey, right. we want to get kids in, and, and, and we know that they want to go somewhere beyond that. And, that's, and, and yeah. it's, it's, hard for, it's hard for parents to, to uh, understand, but putting kids in professional baseball was not in your job description, right? <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, right. it's not. But, but I do think... I do think um, I'll share this with you: the the coaching vision that we have in our program, and, I, and I'm not going to bite this as my own. I, I stole this directly from uh, one of my mentors and Coach Garrido, and he talks about how you're trying to challenge young men on a daily basis to where ultimately they show up, they answer the bell over and over again, and they they finally arrive at a place, Paul, where they've got the confidence and the courage to go out in the world and act on their own thoughts and ideas like that to me is the essence of coaching. That's certainly the mission of our coaching staff is I'm, I I want them to leave here and not go work for a company. I want them to run a company. I want them to chase everything that they want in life. And so when you get to, 
you know, again, that, that, that immediate goal for them is I want to taste a professional baseball in whatever way that is. It's all about yeah. ending your career on your own terms. And right. that's, to me, is, is, is such a unique animal where, um, you know, I'll give you an example. We finished up the World Series this year and fell a couple games short. But the post-game conversation, yeah, there's tears there. and We're all upset. But, man, I get to look all my seniors in the eye and we say, hey, I know that it, you know, it's a tough moment, but I want you to remember you're taking off your Grizzly uniform, but each of you are putting on a professional baseball uniform in a couple of weeks. So that that is something that, you know, it's not you hanging up your cleats for the last time. You all will continue to play. That's ultimately the, the dream of, like, letting them sort through so they get a chance to go where they want to go on their own thoughts and ideas. I think that's a special opportunity we have in coaching. That's incredible. Yeah, and, you know, there's, I always I always feel like there's some things that, that you know, like when you when you were talking about what um, Coach Greedo had said to you, there's some things that, like, always remind me of, like why people choose coaching. And like when you said that quote, right, there's always like a little, little reaction, you know, like, and I feel like as coaches, we need those little things, right? Like, oh yeah, that's why yeah. I do it, right? Like, you know, if, yeah. if, it, gets yeah. you, you know, if it gets you kind of your blood flowing, you know, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the <laughs> It's your mission um, statement, you know, it, it's at right, the core of your mission. Right, right. right. Um, let me ask you some rules about um, recruiting. So we know NCAA is famous for their recruiting rules. Um, how do those rules differ on the NAIA level. That's what I love about our level, and I think that's why you find a lot of great coaches on this level. We just don't have those same restrictions. We don't have dead periods, quiet periods. We don't – I can run up to a 14-year-old freshman right now at a, at a travel game and have a conversation. There just aren't those same rules that are in place. Um, at, a, at a showcase event, Paul, you know, NCAA schools can't step foot on the field. NAI schools, I can run out there and time the 60s for them. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's such a unique animal. Um, but we just don't have those same rules. Now, again, when it goes back to, uh, you know, some of the, the inner details of that, we also don't have a letter of intent. And I think that's a unique animal in itself. I think, you know, the NAI is trying to play a, a role that it will allow the player to really go out and search for what he's looking for and at the end of the day, and this is what I love about it, at the end of the day, if we commit a kid, he's giving me his word. He's get like, it is a gentleman's agreement on every level. And I know that can make some people nervous, and it, at times it does me as well. But I, I do love the gentleman, the man, the handshake, that moment um, that that player has to look you in the eye or get over the phone and go, Coach, I'm coming, man. I want to be part of what you guys are doing. Uh, I'm signing. I can't wait. And, again, they're not really signing anything. It's more of a spoken agreement. Um, I love that part of it. It's just, again, a, a much different animal and less restrictive than the NCAA. Yeah, and, and as we see, right, it feels like every day, um, again, I'm new to it, but it feels like every day on Twitter there's a, there's a kid who's saying, um, you know, I'm decommitting from here. And yeah. so even with, even with all of the, you know, letters of intent and all that, I mean, it's still – it still kind of does come down to a gentleman's agreement, right? I mean, it, 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 it's, I don't know many schools that are going to enforce a kid, you know, who doesn't want to come to the school, you know, to say, nope, you signed yeah. that, you've got to come here. You know what I mean? So they're kind of letting them out of it anyway, you know? Yeah, and, and it's – and I do think a lot of that, the, the, the forward thinking of the NAI is that 
you just have to recognize sometimes kids make bad decisions. Sometimes they yeah. get in, and, and again, I hate to say this, but in recruiting, there's in certain situations, there's pressure. There's pressure to sign. There's exploding offers. There's all these things that I think at least the NAI recognizes, hey, there's a lot of factors that it's going to be tough for us to consider. Now, to your point, Division One with the letter of intent, there's schools that will easily let you out of it. Paul, there's also schools that will fight you tooth and nail on that. Um, right. I've got a, couple, got a couple horror stories of, of kids that, you know, again, the, the NCAA school won't sign off on their release or won't, uh, you know, give them get them out of their LOI. And I think there's, again, when you, when you lay down some of that on our level, man, it makes life incredibly easy. We just have to jump those hurdles or have a lot of those conversations on, on the NAI level. Yeah. Um, what about scholarships? How does that work? Yeah, so we're in a very unique situation. You know, uh, Division One, which is the number everyone knows, 11.7. NAI, uh, you can play up to 12 on the field, but there's also some exemptions that allow some of that scholarship money not to count against what you uh, would, would add up to 12. And so, like, if a kid meets GPA requirements, his scholarship money won't count up to your 12. So, you know, on the on the NAI, quote, small school level, um, a lot of our schools are, are very tuition-driven, right? You, you've got to bring in some kids because you're trying to, you know, keep the lights on. And I think when, when you do some of that, it gives you a little bit of flexibility in how you spend your money. So I do know, you know, there are some programs that have lump sum uh, amounts they can spend up to. Uh, some schools have an average system. Uh, which is basically the, the athletic department sets a, a scholarship average. The average athlete is on this amount, uh, and you just have to meet that average and, and, again, make sure that it doesn't add up past 12. But there is a lot of money to be to be given out on the NAI level. You also have development programs in a lot of situations in terms of a quote-unquote JV program. But I know, you know, when you're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, it truly is, in most of those situations, used as a development program. So we can't get you the innings because our our varsity is, you know, again, a top 20 uh, program. But, man, we can get you innings that will help you develop. Uh, you need to add some strength. You need some more reps under your belt. Uh, whatever those factors are, that allows those kids to, to, again, work through some things. And when they're 20, 21, they have a chance to get on the field for the varsity. So there's a variety of ways that schools are going about you know, creating those opportunities. Um, but that, that's definitely one of them. Now, you had posted something. I just want to confirm with you. Uh, you sure. had posted information about your program, and you had put yeah. there uh, tuition is $5,800. Uh, is that per class? <laughs> <laughs> that is for the year. That is, that is for wow. the year, which is amazing. Wow. Uh we're the least inexpensive school in the state of Georgia. Um, one thing that's really unique about um, kind of where we've gone is, you know, we have a, a unique opportunity, especially in our athletics building, that we can really help out-of-state players. And so if you are from California, we've signed those guys. And, uh, you know, again, West Coast, Midwest, anywhere that's not a border state to Georgia, uh, we have a unique opportunity to sort of waive that, out-of-state tuition and make you an in-state kid. So now we're looking at $5,800. And in terms of what we do scholarship-wise, we're going to start chopping away at that $5,800. Um, it, it, it's, 
Paul, you know, again, when you when you go back four years when I took the job, there were a lot of questions I had, and when I heard that answer, uh, you know, oh man, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you know, there are schools right now where loans are part of the conversation. I mean, no, I'm not yeah. talking about loans yeah. with with any of our players, with any of our families. Uh, parents almost drop their phone when I tell them it's $5,800, but that's again, we're very fortunate, man. The the accessibility to come to GGC, our administration has done a great job of making sure that those costs stay down. So that, and we have 13,000 students. You know, we're really trying to grow. We're going to be adding, hopefully, master's degrees here soon. I know we're really opening up what we're going to do from an online perspective. Uh, so we're really trying to grow our university and our college, and a lot of that vision was keeping our costs down as low as we could. Well, I mean, you you could probably add, like, 2,000 to that and still be Really inexpensive. <laughs> <You know>? Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't complain about a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, let's talk about rosters. It, it's become kind sure. of uh, something that is has been an issue, right? And and it's starting yeah. to become more. Um, you know, a lot of these things that would go on in baseball programs, uh, they weren't very, very, maybe like public discourse, you know, or or yeah. or known. Yeah. Um, but now it certainly is a question that, mo- that most parents who are just, you know, kind of mildly educated on the process are, are hearing things about roster sizes and, you know, uh, you know, showing up in their 70 kids and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah how, t- tell us about how that works, uh, you, know, like, um, you know, with you guys and on your level. Yeah, I think the, um, the overarching um, conversation on it all is that, there's just been some looser restrictions that has all filtered down from the Division One level um, that has allowed those programs to invite, in essence, invite a lot of kids that are essence, trying out for the fall, and then they get into the spring and they have to cut the roster down to, uh, you know, 35 or 40 to a manageable level, and um, it, it's definitely trickled down. I mean, I think it's it's school by school. Every school is different. Um, you know, some athletic directors or, or athletic departments tell a coach, hey, you can only have this many. Uh, some of them tell them, hey, it has to be at this number. Um, on the NAI level, at least, you know, the ones that, that you know, that I'm, I'm certainly educated on, it, it's a variety of all. Some schools, they need to have, you know, 60, 70, 80 players, which, once again, that development program in place, because, again, they are tuition-driven. They are trying to bring in bodies that will – sort of generate, um, you know, monies for the school. And then you've got programs like ours where our cap, as big as I could ever get it, is going to be around 40. Um, And and I think it's a more of a manageable number, around 35. Um, But, again, when it comes down to, you know, um, how schools determine, it really comes back from from the athletic department. I mean, if you don't have the facilities to, you know, take on – 80 players, then you certainly can't have that many come through your doors. Um, the tough part on the on the Division One level, if I could, the tough part on that is, you know, guys, especially guys that we're recruiting, whether they're you know high performing junior college players or they're leaving other Division Ones. The tough part is, man, you know, and I can't say it any other way. Those kids are going to try out. It is a tryout, and it's not the 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 days, Paul, as you remember, preferred walk ons. Those days are gone, man. You're either on money or you're not. Yeah. And, yeah, and you're yeah. going to have the call to determine whether or not you get to stay or not. So, like, Christmas, we, we call them Christmas presents, man. Like, 
kids will, will be calling us, you know, literally four or five a day. Coach, man, I just got released at fill in the blank. Coach, I just got, at, you know, hey, I'm looking for a place to play. And you're like, hey, we can't take 15 guys at Christmas break. You know, we can take one or two, but we can't take all of you. And all these guys are looking for a place to go play. That's the tough part when you're really trying to chase something. And sometimes we're chasing that Division One sweatshirt and that, that we want to put that tweet out. I want everyone to know we played Division One. Well, just keep in mind, there, there's different things, pressures that those coaches have that they're trying to yep. find the best yep. players possible because, number one, they're trying to keep their jobs. So it, right. it creates a, a different dynamic between you and that coach that it, it, we don't really have time for you to develop in a lot of the higher-end programs. There's not time for you to sit around as an 18-year-old and not play. They're going to ask that you maybe leave the program and go to a junior college or go somewhere and get on the field, and maybe they bring you back. We're in a much different competitive space than we were even just a few years ago. And I think we saw that in Major League Draft over the last couple of mm-hmm. days. Right? Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Out of high school, the of high school players that have been taken. And it's funny now because there's yeah. a lot of people that were complaining that they're, you know, that, that, you know, teams don't want to develop now, but I, I'm old enough to remember when, when they were complaining that all they were taking were high school players, you know, yeah, and, and sure. uh, it, you know, and they weren't sending kids to college to develop. Yeah. It, it's, it's something we always educate our parents on, you know, it's like uh, the question we get a lot is, doesn't a co- college coach want to take a chance on a kid? And it's like, it's not that they don't. It's right. that what you're asking them for is a roster spot, which is their most, yeah you know, yep. coveted possession, you know, that they can give, and they've got to maximize those. So um, yep. let me ask you a question, just a, a couple more questions, and, and then and we'll wrap up. Um, sure. Where do, you see, where do you see NIA baseball in five, ten years? Because there's, I mean, I don't know, you, you're probably more educated, certainly more educated than me as far as the changes that go on, but um, it seems there, the changes in college baseball, even over the last few weeks, you know, the last few weeks have been uh, pretty dramatic, you know. Um, how do you see all this playing out? Well, it, this is what I think, and I don't know. I hope that it's educated. I certainly um, I certainly ask a lot of questions. I'm curious by nature. I've got a lot of good buddies on, the, on those upper levels, and I just, what are you hearing? What do you think? I had a really good conversation with a friend of mine a couple of days ago, and he sort of laid out what I thought. And I think what we'll see, Paul, is going to happen is you are going to have, in essence, these super conferences. And we all know it's SEC and certainly the Big Ten's making a, a unique push. Um, you're, those, those, those guys are going to separate. And it's, yeah. it's going to be, uh, you know, their own thing in terms of, you know, taking away some of the scholarship limits, certainly the NIL uh, effect that that has had is going to be, you know, again, exploding within that that segment. And it's almost going to be a Division One and Division One AA in baseball. And yeah. depending on what that break is and what the, you know, the factors are that determine what a one and what a AA is, I think you're, in, in my opinion, I think you're going to see some Division Twos and some NAI schools you know, hey, if we put a little bit more attention or funding or support here, I think we can go play Division One AA. I do think you're going to see that happen. You're going to see some Division Twos jump up. You're going to see some NAI schools jump up. Um, you know, again, we, we've had the conversation on our campus about what the future holds in terms of, you know, we've got 
we're very blessed with great facilities and and certainly support. But you know, I think that is going to force the conversation to happen because it's going to, for the first time, I think you're going to have a small school look at it and go, "Well, I know we can't beat Vanderbilt, but I tell you what, we can beat." You know these mid majors. We can compete with them if we put a little bit more into. We can we can certainly get on that level. I think you're going to see that happen. I think there's going to be some unique shifting that's going to happen over the next probably three, five, seven years. Um, and the, the the landscape of college baseball is going to look different. And what I, the super conference part, Paul, that you're, you you understand this is that all that's going to be is a breeding ground for professional baseball. You know, it, it's gonna it's gonna give the scouting group a chance to watch these higher end guys because they're gonna be able to compete for you know again three years and sort of cut out the learning curve of on the minor league level. That's the beauty of going to an SEC school is you get a chance to cut out that learning curve. If you are drafted in the high end from an SEC school, there's a good chance that they see you in the next two, three, four years breaking in and, and getting to professional baseball as opposed to a high school kid that they may need three or four, five, six years on the minor league level. And I think that's going to be, you know, the, the target is going to be getting to that super conference division one upper level so that you can put yourself in position to, to really go play professional baseball. And it's going to separate the rest of us. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see it going that way too. I think it's going to be great. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, my mom was a professor at Seton Hall, so I kind of grew up on that campus. And that, that's a, te- okay. a, a program that's had, had a lot of success, you know, number one draft picks and, and that kind of stuff. But, but I mean, it's, sure. it's they're, you know, they're not, uh, you know, in schools like St. John's or Rutgers, you know, they're, they're great baseball schools here in New Jersey, but they're not yeah. part of the, yeah. you know, every once in a while they, they might peek into the top 25 or whatever. But I think those schools would welcome, you know, hey, uh, I don't know, a division, like you say, division one, you know, a double A, you know, college right. World Series that they could, yeah. they could have maybe some, some hey, we can win this thing. You know, we could be you know, quote unquote, national champions um, yes. at our level versus trying to get into the regionals or something and you know maybe win a game or or um, you know something like that. Like I, I could see like hey the you know the I don't know the 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 Northeast um, you know collegiate. National championship. I don't. I guess that doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at Fenway Park or something. You know, like that could be that could yep. be cool. You know, that could be really cool. So, I am a firm believer, and I and I, I'd like to think you know progressive baseball guys feel the same way. I am a firm believer that high tides raise all ships. I, I do not like playing to the common denominator, um, and and I think. And, again, that's not – if I was in a a different program with less facilities, I would say the same thing. Because I think when you you watch, you know, even from our perspective on the ground floor, when I watch other schools invest into baseball, which, you know, again, I know you and I are super biased on this call, but, like, we see the benefits of the baseball program, and we see, you know, where it can go. But when you watch that investment happen – Boy, I tell you what, it makes a conversation happen on your campus. Now, whether or not that goes well for you or not, you know, based on your administration, that, that's uh, that's a sidebar. But it does make a conversation happen. And so I think it's, you know, again, you want to further separate the ones that really want to take it serious, that really want to pursue something. Um, I, you know, again, on our campus, you know, this is, again, part of that conversation where we started we see our program positioned in a very unique way. We're helping people pursue their goals. 
we're certainly competing for national championships. Um, you know, we're certainly getting a, a, a high-end education. All those things are happening. But, again, we never want to take a step back from that. We only want to enhance and move forward uh, with that vision. So, again, we're having conversations as, as, uh, as immediate as yesterday about in the next few years, what are some facility upgrades that we can make that we will continue to grow? Because, again, we're trying to keep up, if not, you know, sort of lead the charge on where this is going. I think you got to, again, and, and, and you and I you know, have a lot of college baseball buddies, if you're not having that conversation – then may, and you're a progressive thinker, then maybe that's not the program for you. But you want to be somewhere that sees that, man, this, this is a good thing. When, when, when people are bringing more attention to something, that's good for all of us in the right yeah. programs, in the right dynamics. And I love that. I love that idea that they're going to you know, separate and pump more money to, and the exposure is going to come from that, and then everyone else has to make a decision can we add, can we go, can we move forward and add? I love that. I think it's going to help all of us. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and I, gotta, I gotta believe that, like, your guys, at the beginning of the year, like, hey, we can win a national championship. You know, that's guys yep. that, that we're, or we're going to compete for it. We're going to be in the mix, right? And versus a team that, you know, maybe you are a mid-major Division One school and you're like, hey, you know, like, maybe, maybe we get into a regional. You know, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a, it's an energetic difference, you know, there. To it that. is. I think that would yeah, and I think um, and I think you'll you'll have kids that that will want to be a part of that. That maybe I don't know, or, or maybe you know don't have that interest in the game, or don't feel like they can play at a level where that you know where they can get that kind of fuel. Um, and yeah. So I, yeah. I, I'm 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 totally agree. I think we're I think we're headed for a, a, a really exciting time. And then also too, you know, like with ESPN. Uh, plus and stuff like that. I mean, you, kids can play on TV now. You know, this is yeah. this is, yep. this is great. You know, um, this is great, and it, it just feels like it's it's a transition time, and uh, the birthing process is not always easy. You know, and so yeah, uh, so, but but you know, it it it, uh, it is worth it. So, coach, thank you, um, thank you for your time. Um, I'd like to give you a, a minute or two, if if you would, to um, just give out your information again, but also. I'd like for you to kind of pitch your program. You know, there's we have a large audience that listens here, and um, they know if we bring somebody on that it's somebody that we think re- really highly of. And um, uh, you know, I'd love for you to, to to for the parents who are listening to to hear, um, you know, what you could offer and what your school has, and, and what it might be like for their for their son to come to you. Oh man, I appreciate that. Yeah, please, uh, please reach out to me again at Coach Sheets Three on uh, on all the social media stuff. Um, my email is online at ggcathletics.com. Uh, you can reach out to me there. I I think the the unique thing about our program is, and this is what I took over. We just finished our tenth year. We've been to five World Series. Uh, we've been to four straight. Uh, we just won the national championship in, in 2021. Um, we've talked about the professional baseball stuff. From the baseball side of things, we've got such a unique opportunity. Um, again, our facilities uh, we've shared online, I think, are our Division One facilities. I think the administration and the way that certainly that, that I try to run our program and the coaching staff around us, we run it like a Division One program. The, the only difference is we play NAI baseball. But I think past all that, past the baseball stuff, I think what really, and, and, and Paul, we're cut from the same cloth on this one, is, man, the charge in our hearts is certainly we're here to grow up better people. And I believe 
in my in, in, to my core that if I build a better person, I will build a better baseball player. And conversations in our program are likely always come back to personal development, character development, certainly helping people mature, helping them uh, actualize and realize who they want to become and then help them figure out the path on how they walk towards that. I think, again, that this isn't coach speak. These, these are things that are well within the, the framework of our program. We talk about person, student, player in that order all the time. And I think from our classroom sessions that we have every day to our daily meditation, we, we do mindfulness training every single day with our teams. Um, we just do things that are a little unique. Um, certainly, I think we train a little uniquely. We're certainly um, very intentional about what we do and, and the time that we spend on certain things. Um, very aggressive. Uh, we've been very fortunate over the last couple years. We've led the country in stolen bases. We've been one of the top-ranked offenses. Um, we just set a program record for strikeouts on the mound. We've been very fortunate from the baseball side of things, but I think if I'm talking to a parent, it's thinking through, as you mentioned in the middle of the show, this, this step that your son is going to make, that next coaching staff, man, in essence, they are the stepfathers. They, you know, I, I can't, I can't, yeah. you know, I can't take his phone away from him. But you know what I can do is I can certainly manage the baseball side of things and, and help them understand the bigger picture, maybe reinforcing some of the things that you've been giving them his entire life. But it's coming from a different source, and it's coming in a different environment, and there's dynamics around it that will help that 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kid mature into a young man that's prepared to go crush life. And I think that's the charge that I know that we have in our program. And so if you are a, a parent and certainly you've got uh, a really high-end type player, I know we do recruit a lot of junior college and Division One transfer guys. Um, so I do like to see them a little bit older, Paul. I like – I like coaching old, older guys that have already had a hitting coach. I, I, you know, yep. if you can, if you hit along the way, great. You can hit for us because I'm not going to change everything about you. I'm going to enhance what what you do and bring it in and add, let it add value to what we're about. Um, but I would love to have those conversations, and certainly I appreciate the platform today. Um, you know, I'm a Paul Reddit guy from way way back. Um, I know. <laughs> appreciate you and, and I value you and, and I certainly am I'm grateful for the opportunity to chat with you. And I'd be happy to, to I, I would cringe probably at what it, at the things that you probably <laughs> got from us. I, I'd happily <laughs> buy them all back. Like I the stuff we put out like 15 years ago I listened to it and I'm like oh, gosh. You know? <laughs> they were so good but this is like uh, what was that like 06 those were so good man at that time I needed those conversations I told you and I'd keep telling you this that you had a conversation with Mark Calvey, and it, it changed the way that I looked at the pitcher-catcher relationship. And I was only 23, 24. I'm still trying to figure it out. But, man, those, those conversations were gold. They still are gold today. Well, I appreciate that. So, uh, so all, all, everyone listening, everyone listening, like, you know, everything that Coach Sheets just said, you know, this is ultimately this is what you are looking for in a college coach and a college program is, and if you listen throughout this conversation, what you heard is forward thinking, building, um, you know, enhancing facilities, enhancing educational programs, adding master's programs, online offers. This is like, you know, these are things that are growing and expanding and, and this is opportunity. And, um, yeah. and I, I think that's just important things to listen to as you're, as you're listening to other college coaches or other you know, programs talk about what they're doing. You know, it's great to have 17 different uniforms, 
and three different <laughs> sets of cleats and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, your son's going to go out into the real world and, and, and he has to be prepared for that. And those 17 uniforms, um, you know, if you walk into an office, <laughs> you can't wear them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you can, but it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. Well, it won't end in the way you think it will. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Coach, thank you so much for making the time, um, and we appreciate it. And, again, everybody, I think you should follow Coach on Twitter, and, and certainly if he can uh, be of help to you or if it's a fit for your son, certainly reach out to him. And so thanks again, Coach. I appreciate your time this morning. Awesome. Appreciate you, Paul. Thanks, my man. All right. All right. Have a great day, Coach. See ya. You too. Bye now. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.